Well, hello everyone. Happy Tuesday. Welcome back into another edition of Prime Sports World. And on today's episode, we're going to break down the first week of the XFL. I don't think they're still calling it the Extreme Football League, but the XFL 3.0 brought back to life by the Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, I will quote your host, David, on Point Hope, and please like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, and if you do happen to miss us live, I will share the link to a plethora of streaming set platforms, uh, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. I am, of course, joined by my co-host, Mr. TJ Hopkins. Welcome to the show, TJ. Oh, where did TJ go? Oh, I guess I lost TJ. There you go, TJ. What's up, man? Welcome, welcome back. Uh, but yeah, I'll go ahead and pop that link in so you guys can join us on the plethora of streaming platforms. Also, if you want to join us to talk a little XFL action, more than welcome to do so. I shared the link to our StreamYard. Uh, but yeah, happy uh, happy Tuesday, TJ. What's up, man? Uh, just chilling. Waiting to go to work. All that good stuff. I feel you. Um, by the way, that music, I will definitely be playing some different music, uh, the next episode of XFL. Uh, but yeah, let's just talk about week one, uh, then we'll get into each individual matchup. What do you think of the XFL week one, DJ? Uh, I know you watched way more, uh, more of the games than I did. I watched the, I watched at least most of three of them. Uh, TJ, if you're talking, I cannot hear you. Definitely something that people people want until Mark attempt and they never uh, TJ, you're breaking up real bad, man. Uh, yeah, but you're going in and out. I can't hear you. Uh, Give me a second. Okay, for sure. Uh, let's just, let's just, yeah, but XFL, yeah, the first, uh, first weekend of the XFL was super entertaining. Um, I, I liked a lot of the stuff that I watched. I, I watched most of the entertaining games. Like the first game we're going to talk about here uh, was very entertaining. Um, you know, Vegas was up by a lot uh, up until the second half. And then the game kind of just unraveled uh, for Perez, the quarterback there for the Las Vegas Ripers. Uh, but yeah, this is a, uh, I think this is a league that some that people have wanted. I think the XFL, if it hadn't been for COVID a couple of years ago, would have been strong, would have been something people continue to watch. And I think it would have made it through the entire season uh, and been something that people continue to go back and watch. Um, but yeah, uh, week one, let's get it. Let's just talk about week one. Uh, we got the Las Vegas Raiders going into the Renegades uh, and taking them and, be, and losing that game on Arlington 22-20. The Quarter scoring shake out like this. Uh, Vegas scored six points in the first quarter. Arlington had three. Uh, Vegas put up eight points in the second quarter. And Arlington had 12 in the third and a seven piece in the fourth quarter. I think Arlington won this game without scoring a touch, an offensive touchdown in this game. I believe, yeah, all their all their points and scoring came on defense. Uh, Drew Plitt, the kid from uh, Ball State, uh, a little bit of action going on in the XFL. Uh, Drew Plitt struggled in this game uh, pretty mightily. Um, so, yeah, he was 19-25, 172 yards and a pick. 
Uh, their best running back was uh, Devon Smith, 15 carries for 42 yards. Uh, Tyler Vaughns was their number one receiver. Uh, he had four catches for 38 yards for the Arlington Renegades. Uh, and then fumbles, uh, Drew Pritt also had a fumble. Uh, leading defensive player for the Ar for the Arlington Renegades was Colin Sculler. Uh, he had one sack in this game. Uh, Aaron Adoy also had a, a sack and a half during this game as well. Uh, just kind of waiting for TJ to come back so we can move on with the analysis here. Uh, on the Viper side of this, Luis Perez, as I mentioned, uh, 22 of 36, 249, three touchdowns and two interceptions, both of them being pick sixes. Uh, their leading running back uh, was Michael Corzoa. Uh, one carry for two yards. They really didn't run the ball a lot in this game. Uh, it looks like their reading receiver was Jeff ba Jeff Bandit at number 13. So catches for 82 yards. He had two touchdowns in this game. Um, so really kind of showed out a little bit for the Vipers here. Uh, top defensive player looks like it was Laron Stokes, uh, who had a sack and a half in this game. I think he's actually the one that put the pressure. Uh, for some kind of bad decisions here. But the, uh, for the for the Arlington Renegades, uh, as they basically as they come back in the second half and win this game, uh, beating the Las Vegas Vipers, who have one of the most experienced quarterbacks in uh, in the XFL, actually, in uh, Luis Perez, uh, who has been played basically all over the place, played in the USFL. Uh, he's been a very active quarterback in the in the kind of spring football leagues. But as a first game to introduce introduction to the XFL, uh, what the new XFL is going to be, I think this was a pretty damn good job. Uh, it was a game where it was entertaining. Uh, it was a game that was close. Uh, this is so this kid played at uh, Texas A&M Commerce uh, from 2015. Uh, let's see if I can pull up the rest of his uh, Wikipedia page here. As a way to see if TJ can make it back into the show. Uh, yeah, he was in the league. The last XFL that that played, uh, he was in that league as well. There we go. Finally, got his Wikipedia page. Uh, yeah, so he's bounced around. So he started. He got was in the Rams. Uh, he was like a practice squad player for the Rams. He went to the Birmingham Iron. So he was on the practice squad for the Philadelphia Eagles and Detroit Lions, uh, Los Angeles, and he was part of the New York Guardians in the two years ago. Yeah, in the first XFL, uh, and then he played a couple of USFL leagues. Uh, before he ended up back as the Vegas Vipers. Uh, he is USFL passing rate, rating leader in 2022 and also percentage completion percentage in 2022. Uh, he was also an NCAA Division One, Division Two National Championship in 2017. Um, so, yeah, this guy's been accomplished. I mean, he's accomplished things in, in various leagues. Um, so good for him, you know. Uh, I know he didn't play particularly well in this game, uh, at least on the stretch. He was pretty good in the first half. But the second half was a totally different story. As I mentioned, yeah, he threw two pick sixes, and neither of them were particularly good pick sixes. If not, there's a, you know, not that there's that many good pick sixes to really talk about, but this they were definitely not good. Um, but yeah, let us know what you think about the first game of the XFL. Uh, I thought this game was extremely entertaining. Um, it was back and forth. Uh, it was really and they, uh, Viper Renegade, Arlington Renegades actually had a chance to put this into. And uh, we can talk a little bit about TJ once he comes back about the rules. Uh, the rules are very interesting for how they handle onside kicks and all the stuff they do kind of with replay as well. Welcome back to the show, TJ. Can you hear me? I can hear you now, my friend. Jesus Christ. Okay. And, uh, yeah, 
I was just talking a little bit about the, but if we want to backpedal a little bit, talk about the XFL as a whole before we get into each individual game. Yeah, like I was trying to say, uh, spring football has always been attempted. They just always fell short. Uh, I know a couple years ago, the first re-edition of the XFL collapsed due to COVID and all that. Now you got the USFL, like the original back in like the 90s, I think was uh, was Donald Trump's first thing. Like he tried to compete with the NFL. Yeah. Just like the, just like the XFL did, and I think they both realized, yeah, we can't we can't compete with that. So why don't we just play football when the NFL isn't playing football? Because that yeah. makes so much more sense. Yeah, and I think the you know we I gotta talk about some of the various rule changes, but like we talked about in our group chat, the the onside kick rule where you could take it fourth and fifteen. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just love that little nuance to those rules. I love that there's no more extra point. So you either have an option, you can go for one, two, or three points. Um, so the one, the, obviously the one is from the one yard. You get two points, you go for five. If you need three points, you go from the 10-yard line. It's all mm-hmm. of these little nuances into the XFL that just make for a, a potentially a really exciting product. But it's not like this boring play after kick where it's kind of an afterthought, even though they have been missing a lot of those in the NFL these days, which is why they made it so much harder. Uh, but the, it, it just adds a little point of difference, a little little added competitive spirit that you know you don't really get as much in the NFL. Yeah, and it's like it's legitimate football. It's not a it's not a cookie product. It's not watered down. Like this is a legit like this is a, a legit career choice for the. I mean, obviously, like, I think the goal and, for and, and, and you, you gotta hope that a lot of these guys, you know, they end up they they end up you know playing well in this league, kind of like a PJ Walker last year or Donald Parham as well, uh, who is now a char- on the Chargers. Um, but those guys showed out in the XFL. They ended up making it on a National Football League roster. And that's the goal for a lot of these guys. I, yeah, um, that's the, that's the end game. Like I think the big and, uh, and, and the the big thing that we also need to recognize is like who they're partnered with. ESPN is showing a lot of these. Like ESPN is showing these games. I don't think that yeah. was the case. No, it wasn't in the, in the past. But I talked about this the last time we were doing the crossover. That they all oh, football is over. No, it's not. Promote your product. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, if you if you get behind this, I mean, you already got the Rock, one of those big big names that is behind this already. Um, uh, I also really love the transparency of this league. Like we have reviews and like we actually could hear the conversation between the booth and like how the decisions actually come. Like I just like the transparent that like that level of the transparency between the referees and the league. It just adds some sort of legitimacy to the product. Well, I, that's the one thing the NFL will never pick up because uh, I, I, I don't I don't think they're going to pick up any of these rules from the XFL. Like that that fourth and fifteen, like instead of the outside kick, is brilliant. The XFL well, the, the, never going to go for it. The fourth and fifth, well, the, the fourth and fifteen makes a lot of sense because it's because like that's a legit 50-50. I have a fifty percent chance of converting. I have a fifty percent chance of not converting. If a team, like I said this before, if a team is down, if it comes down to an onside kick, the team it's that over. needs it, it, it's it's over. Game over. Yeah, it's over. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about the Vipers and the Renegades. I was talking about this a little bit. Uh, you know, the Vipers up big at halftime. Uh, they throw a couple pick sixes in the second half. Arlington ends up coming out, coming back from behind and winning this game. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I was talking about Luis Perez a little bit. He's a, a very accomplished Athlete, right at the quarterback position, he was uh, 
uh, completion percentage champion. Uh, he also had a passing yards champion. He also won a uh, national championship while in college. He went to Texas A&M. Um, but what do we think about just this particular game and how the way this kind of came swamp? Because at halftime, the Renegade, the Vipers had a lot of momentum, and then without scoring a single touchdown in this game, the Renegades stole it from them. That they did. Uh, so obviously, this is this was the first game of the new XFL season. I'm like, yo, what what a way to kick it off! Yeah, a, right. A, a competitive a competitive game that came down to the wire. And I think the one thing that I also like about it, outside of the transparency is they interview the players mid game. Yeah, yeah. Like, so like a couple players gets those pick six, they walk right over to him like, "Hey, what did you see?" And and it's and you, raw. And you get that you get that raw remote. Yeah, yeah. So you get that raw. <laughs> you get that raw emotion unedited to a certain extent, and <laughs> so it's like, yeah, this is like this is what we're talking about, like this, and the people love it. It's untapped market. It's untapped football markets like Arlington, right? Art like Arlington, Arlington, Texas. Yeah, oh, that is that is where the Cowboys actually play. Eh, I ain't trying to do that. Forget that. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Forget them, Arlington. So this, uh, it was a tough, it was a tough follow, and then we see the next game, the Roughnecks and the Guardians was a blowout. Yeah, the Guardians, uh, you know, thirty-three to twelve, uh, they get beat down. Uh, Paxton Lynch gets benched in this game pretty early after he threw an interception. Uh, first quarterback to ever get benched in like every league you can find. Um, but they do have some former NFL guys on their roster. I mean, they have Cody Latimer, who played for the Denver Broncos. Eli Rogers, who's a wide receiver, I believe, for the Steelers, uh, also played for them. Um, yeah, yeah this think, game this game was and, a blowout. It was never really all that close. And I think back to the Renegades, I think, what's his name? Jordan Smallwood, who was a receiver yeah, out of the Eagles. Oklahoma. And then, yeah, he went to the Eagles now. Now he's in the XFL. Um, yeah, yeah, all the all these teams have at least somebody who had some experience in the NFL, every single roster. Like, they have some yeah. guys that you you see those names, you're like, yeah, I know that guy. I know that guy. I, I, I know that guy. I think the, the best game to me was – the Battle Hawks and the uh, and the Brahmas, like the Brahmas, yeah. like, and how how appropriate that there's a team called the Brahmas. Yeah, San Antonio Brahmas. Uh, the logo's awesome. The helmet's great. Uh, Seahawks Battle Hawks win that game, eighteen to fifteen. And they and they were uh, down. They were down. So like it was fifteen. They were losing. They were losing fifteen to three. To three. And they put up and then they get, points. They get a touchdown. They get the two point conversion. No, I think they they got a touchdown. They get the three. No, was it was it two or three point conversion? Either one, and then they go for the fourth and fifteen, convert that, and then they win the game. It's just like, yeah, yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we had a game that gave the last game, but yeah, AJ McCarron. You may have heard of AJ McCarron. He was uh, bounced around the league a little bit. He was very close to winning a playoff game actually as a starting quarterback uh, for the Bengals. For the right? Bengals for the yeah, Bengals. AJ- yeah. 18 and 26, 190 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Brian Hill, also the former Bengal leading rusher for this team. Uh, and then looking for names that I kind of recognize on there. Austin Pro is obviously the son of Ricky. Yeah, Austin. He, oh, he had a hell of a catch. He had a hell of yeah, a he catch. Did. In that but he uh, leading, leading receiver for this team, four catches for 49 yards and a touchdown. And Josh Gordon play, uh, playing for the Seattle team. He has he caught a touchdown. From Ben DiNucci, kind of just flipped it up to him, and Josh Gordon's like, "I'm six four, this is mine." So yeah, he came down with and it. Jack Cohen playing for the San Antonio team, former Notre Dame quarterback, uh, twenty five of thirty six, one touchdown, one pick. Uh, Kalen Balage, you may have, if you played a fantasy at all, you know Kalen Balage from when he was his time at the Miami Dolphins, uh, mm-hmm. twenty four of eighty four. 
their wide Jalen Tolliver, leading receiver for this team. I think he played tight end for the Texans. Don't quote me on that, please. I know. And for the Battle Hawks, I know uh, Hakeem Butler caught the touchdown that, that kick started the comeback. And Hakeem Butler's, what was it, Iowa State? Yeah, Iowa State. Big dude, another 6'4, six, 6'5, six, and just never really got, in my opinion, a fair shake at the receiver spot in the NFL. I knew his time at the NFL was over when he, I think he was on the Jets and they were using him as a tight end. I'm like, where is, in what world is that dude a tight end? He, I don't think he doesn't have the, the weight behind him to be a tight end in the NFL. Like, that's just not, that's just not happening. Jalen Tolliver never played for the Houston Texans. He, play, he played for the uh, Arizona Cardinals, t- Tennessee Titans, and Kansas City Chiefs. So, same thing, all. same thing. It's all right, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, I'll... and then going into that final game, yeah, we got Josh Gordon, Ben DiNucci, uh, former Dallas Cowboy, former Dallas Cowboy. Solid in this game. I mean, not overly 35 of 54, 282, one touchdown, two interceptions. Brendan Knox, leading receiver, leading rusher on this team. And as we mentioned, Josh Gordon obviously has had a touchdown uh, for this, uh, for the defenders. For the drag, Sea Dragons. Yeah, drag, Sea Dragons. Thank you. Let's see the stats. So it's very hard to find stats. Like their stats are kind of all over the place. But uh, yeah, Josh Gordon wears number zero, six catches for 74 yards. Uh, one touchdown in this game as he just kind of dominated the game. I'm totally honest with you. Uh, but obviously this game came down to another one of those situations where, you know, a team needed to go for two and they didn't get it. Uh, as the defenders win 22 to 18 over the CLC Dragons. Uh, defender side of this, their quarterback is Jordan Tiamo. I believe he was the quarterback of Maryland before um, Tuatanga Lua's brother got there, right? Uh, don't quote me on that, but he's another, he's just like Luis Perez. Like he's bounced around a myriad of leagues. He's played on a bunch. Like he was on the, uh, the first rendition, like the new, like the, uh, when they tried to do the XFL two years ago, he was on that. Like he was there with that. Yeah. He was on uh, the St. Louis Battlehawks 2020. Um, he went to Ole Miss. I was wrong. Mm-hmm. As, as is tradition. <laughs> <laughs> He's only twenty. Like, like he's, he's only, only twenty five. He's only twenty five, and it feels like he's been around for forever. Because every time, like, there's a league like this, that like, he's in it. Yeah, I mean, he's talented. He's he, he's, he's led. Some, yeah. he does some good things. Uh, but yeah, if we first week of the XFL was very entertaining. Hopefully, you guys all enjoyed the first week. Uh, let's talk about game balls when it comes to the game ball. Uh, very similar to what we did with the National Football League game ball. TJ, who's getting your game ball when it comes to XFL Week One? The entire uh, Battle Hawks team, you're down 15 to three, and then with like two, three, three and a half, maybe two, yeah, three and a half minutes left, you just turn it on, and everything that needed to go right went right. And Hakeem Butler gets the touchdown. You convert the like you get the conversion. You convert the fourth and 15. Then Austin Prohl catches the game-winning touchdown. That was just like. And then you get the sack on the next play with like nine seconds left because San Antonio's out of timeouts. They can't stop the clock. You get a sack. That ends the game. Battlehawks get the – and, uh, yeah, Battlehawks get the uh, – get my game ball this week. My game ball's going to Trent Harris. Four sacks in his debut as a member of the Roughnecks. Four catches, four sacks, 28 yards. Uh, Trent Harris actually has a Super Bowl ring uh, in, was this 53? So he's a member of the New England Patriots. Of course. 
<laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so uh, in the career, I mean, he he's already has more career sacks in the XFL than he did during his entire tenure in the NFL. So shout out to him. You know, four sacks is nothing to sneeze at. Good job for him. No, it's not. That's I mean, twenty-seven years old. I mean, yeah, I don't have. I, I like it. I again, this is something that people have been asking for because that that dead period between. February and and especially if you're not a basketball fan, yeah, like that 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 dead period between February and whenever the playoffs start for the NBA because that's when you get most of the casual NBA watchers, right? When the playoffs start, yeah. So this is this is ten weeks of it's, it's just it just gives you something else to you know keep your eye out for, like oh there. Like, oh, there's no entertaining basketball game on today. I'm just going to watch the the XFL. And the XFL returns on Thursday night uh, with the Battle Hawks doing battle with the Sea Dragons. TJ, how do you see that game shaking out? Huh, well, what, I think Seattle feels like they can – they let one get away. They had it. They had – when they played uh, the defenders, I, I think they had one. I think – Ben DiNucci is going to do a better job of, short, of spreading the love around. I think, uh, like you said, Josh Gordon is just such an easy target to fall in love with throwing the ball to because he's just that big. Like he's six, Again, he's 6'4", about 220, 230. And I like my chances if I'm throwing the ball, a jump ball to Josh Gordon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Corey Pearson also had a great game for the Sea Dragons. He had 12 catches in that game for 95 yards. Um, <laughs> But, but yeah, that's, if you're, if you're like, the mostly, Dragons, you gotta feel like one got away from you. You were up, um, you were up basically the entire game. And then the defenders come back in the second half and take that game away from you. Yeah, they took it from them. Playing it so like they're uh, the defender defense just said no, not to, like no, and they were at home and it was it was great. The atmosphere was wonderful. Yeah, I I don't think the Battle Hawks. I hope they learned their lesson from the first because like while the comeback was amazing. You don't want to constantly find yourself in that situation. No, for sure not. <laughs> uh, I'm also going to take the Sea Dragons. Uh, it still seems a little too early to even really know what these teams are yet because I mean, we're so unfamiliar with the players and the schemes that they run and the head coaches and stuff. Uh, I will take the Sea Dragons. I think they go back to 500. Uh, but, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that ends up shaking out. We'll move swinging into Saturday as they have Saturday primetime games with the, directly with the NBA, basically. Uh, we got the defenders coming in off that victory against the Sea Dragons, going into the Vipers, who let one slip away, kind of. Uh, they thing. lost the game. They lost the game where they did not uh, They did not allow an offensive touchdown in this game. They still lost. Yeah, same thing. Uh, I, same thing at Seattle. I, they definitely let one get away. I watched this game from start to finish. Me too. And it was – Arlington, the defense was just no. Like whatever they did in the first half, I mean, Vegas couldn't like they couldn't get it going. They just couldn't get it going at and, all. Uh, Louis, Louis Perez had probably the worst first half he may have ever had as a quarterback in any league. <laughs> like, so, so again, you go into that, you go into that film session, you look at what you did wrong, and you you pretty much learn how to play a complete game, four quarters of football. You got off to a great start, and then all of a sudden, it's just the wheels fell off. So I'm going with the Vipers this week, just like I'm going with the Sea Dragons for the same reasons. Just play a complete game, and you win. 
I agree with you 100% on the Vipers. I think they do get this victory. Uh, I think, you know, having a quarterback as experienced as Luis Luis Perez is really beneficial to this team. Uh, I'll have the Vipers winning this game. Uh, Moving over to Sunday afternoon, we got the Brahmas going to the Guardians. Both of these teams coming off losses. Guardians getting beat down. Uh, The Brahmas, you know, losing a tight one there uh, against the uh, defenders or no. Uh, Battle Hawks, sorry, thank you very much. Uh, how do you think this is in? Which of these two teams gets their first victory? I'm going with the Brahmas. But outside of the fact that they blew a game, I I just like I like Heinz Ward. I like the the mentality that he instilled in that team. Obviously, uh, oh, shout out to San Antonio because they announced that that game that the the championship game is going to be hosted at the Alamo Dome where the Brahmas play. So That's brilliant, right? So I, I am uh, I am I, I am slightly concerned about fans appending these games because that stadiums all those stadiums it looked pretty empty in almost every game I watched. But uh, I haven't looked at the rating yet, but I have a feeling the ratings are pretty damn good. I, I'm which I think the ratings were fantastic for a first, you know, for a first week edition. Uh, and, and, and I think and as this becomes more popular and more regular, I think people are going to appear. There are going to be more people in those seats than during games. Oh, absolutely. But I'm going with the Brahmas to win this one. I think, I don't know. I, I, I like their, oh, I like their running attack. Like they were able, I like their running attack. If they can get, if the Brahmas can get the run game going, because Heinz Ward is that type of football player. He's a, like he was a physical player. So he's going to instill that fist, like that, that same mentality into his team. And he gets his first win as a head coach. I'm going with Sam Sonny. I agree with you. I'm, I'm going to roll with that too. On the opposite side of this coin, we got two teams coming in here undefeated. We got the Renegades and the Roughnecks. One of these teams stole a game basically from the Vipers. The other team was extremely dominant from wire to wire. How do you see this game shaking out, TJ? <sighs> I'm going with the Renegades. Yeah, they stole one. They stole one, but I think the Roughnecks might be riding that high. A little bit too much, and I, I hope I'm wrong because yeah, they they had an easy, they had an easy game. It was an easy, it was an easy night at the office. It was, it was. <laughs> I mean, like we like yeah, four games. Right, there were four games. That was the only blowout. Everybody else had to sweat a little bit. You were pretty much in yeah, charge of your game. That the game was over. So. You were pretty much in charge of your game for from from the get go, and again. You got their starting quarterback benched. So, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, for the first time during this show, at least on this particular show, I'm actually going to disagree with you. I'm taking the Roughnecks. I think they're the best team in the XFL. Like, I just think from top to bottom, so I, I think they're just really good, especially on defense. Um, so, yeah, that's my take. I'm taking, the, I'm taking the Roughnecks to continue being undefeated. I think that's again. a take. You think the Roughnecks are the, the, are the best team? Yeah, yeah. Watch yeah, if you if you watch the XFL week one, you watch the rush knife. They're like, yeah, that's the best team. Like, that's the best. Team. Yeah, because right, defense, so uh, defense and on offense, they just seem to have. It all right. So, what about is are they that good, or was the Orlando team just that bad? I mean, it could be a mixture of both for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we'll see how things end up shaking out when it all is said and done. Uh, I, I still, it's hard because you know we don't really know enough about these teams. Um, to really like really make strong predictions uh brandon silvers had a pretty solid game uh so good for him he's out at troy um 
So we'll see. Uh, yeah, we're going to break down every single week of the XFL, so keep an eye for that content. I'm David Hoffman right there. Is my co-host, Mr. TJ Hopkins. Oh, that's the thing. Uh, like, they carry one – like, each team carries, like, three quarterbacks, so it's like – yeah, so this particular team, I'm looking at their Roughnecks roster. They got three on their team right now. They got three on their uh, team. Caleb, it'll be Cole McDonald and Brandon Silvers. So, so it so it really could be a um, a notion of like a who has the hot hand, like who has the best week of practice, who has like who who shows me something this week, that kind of thing. If that makes sense. Yeah, because I don't have any big names. I think there's going to be a different guy that kind of shows out. So we'll see what ends up happening. We're going to break down the XFL every single week. So please like, share, and subscribe. And as I mentioned, we're also streaming on Pluria on a bunch of platforms over there at our website I shared uh, in the chat. Um, so keep an eye for that content. I'm David Huffman right there. It's Mr. TJ Hopkins. And TJ, yeah. what do we do here at the Prime, my friend? We bring the heat. And I didn't know that the Orlando team, the Orlando Guardians had DeAndre Francois on their team. Did not know yes. that. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back with the next week's XFL. We're going to be doing a double dose of Prime Sports World today. Uh, we're going to break down the offseason for the AFC South real quick, so keep an eye on that content. That show starts here in just a few minutes. Can't do no worse than, uh, than Paxton Lynch, so. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck to all those quarterbacks. I'll see you in a minute. <laughs>